Hey guys, this is my leak and this is the podcast. I am excited to be back and talk to you uh, this week. Earlier this week, I posted on my threads, I said very simply, the thought came to me while I was in the gym. I said, I splurge on my mental health. This piece is practiced and real. And that got my mind going for a podcast today because for so long, I have always wanted to feel better on the inside versus, you know, all of the things that I felt like I was doing to look well, you know, looking good on the inside. And I don't know if we want to just kick this thing off in the deep end, but a thought that I had before I got started was remembering how important my appearance was to my mother as a kid and not just my appearance, but her appearance mattered so much to her. And she'd get up like three o'clock in the morning to ensure she had enough time to get through her beauty routine, coffee first, and then hair, makeup, clothes, you know, touching up her nails. I just remember watching my mom spend all this time on the physical appearance, but I just kept thinking like we are not well, you know? So often, even as a young kid, I felt like we are dressing up our problems. We looked good, but we for sure weren't feeling well mentally. And so the journey that I've had to peace has been a long one. And I have splurged my money. I have splurged my time on this practice. And Maybe you can't meditate on a mountaintop. Maybe you can't go to a wellness retreat. Peace is still available to you. And today I wanted to share some of the practices that came up for me as I thought about that very simple post, you know, when I said my peace is practiced. Um, What does that mean? And how do I do it? And so today I have a couple of practices. There are many that I do, but I have a couple that I wanted to share with you. And so the number one practice that I have in my notes today is managing my desire to react to a statement or an action. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lately, I have noticed my son looking to me first when something jarring or unexpected happens in a large group. So, you know, if we are around friends or we are in a large group of family or we're just around um, other people, I can feel his eyes piercing me to see 
how good or bad the moment is based on my reaction. And so when something seemingly bad happens and I remain calm, I can see this big grin on his face, you know, while others are maybe reacting or freaking out. And this is not a good or bad thing. This is just something that I'm sharing that I have noticed, you know, him immediately coming to me looking at me to to see almost like what is the real reaction what should i really be doing and so without speaking it's almost like i can tell what he's thinking and practicing peace in moments like this require me to be calm i've shared this before but calm for me requires a pause the other day i knocked one of the mirrors off of my car <laughs> i was shocked i pulled over and i took a second Lots of feelings were arriving fast and furious to the surface. Anger, disappointment. I mean, this is on a street that they recently repaved and it was trash day. And now they put these like weird, I don't know what you call them, like in the middle of the street. And so now the lanes are just so tight and it was trash day and the trash guys had just like thrown the the cans all over the place. And without, you know, me not noticing or paying attention, I just like knocked off my mirror. And so I just, I felt everything coming up, anger, disappointment, disbelief, like WTF. Oh my gosh. Like it's Monday. This is the way I'm starting my week. And so I pulled over and I just sat in my car for a second before I did anything. Okay. Deep breath. Let me drive back and see if any parts of my car are on the ground. They were. Let me safely get out and get it because this car part is not worth my life. Let me make a call and just tell someone what happened. There's something about like, I just need to release. All right. Let me go on about my business. And when I get home, I will call the dealership. I will call the insurance for guidance. Um, I ended up calling my, my insurance agent. And that could have gone totally different in the past. You know, I do the same thing when someone shares some news with me that might be hard to hear. We live in a we live in an age now where people have more language around their feelings. And I think we've gotten so much better at using our words, but I don't always know that the words apply, right? And so there we are in the era where we have a lot of like therapy language and psycho analysis. And I feel like people are able to better articulate their feelings. But I do think that, you know, without the credentials or fully understanding, I think some, there are some opportunities where words, you know, things may not necessarily apply. And so if someone brings something to me, I've been working really hard for defense not to be my first reaction. If I really don't get what's being said, I might calmly ask for clarity. Um, if I don't think enough information has been shared, one of my favorite phase, phrases is tell me more, you know, because I have found that people might say something like, I think you're really mean. My first reaction in the past would be like, no, I'm not. Pause my league. Pause. I have to literally remind myself that defense is not required right now. I might take a breath and say, tell me more. You know, I think you're really mean. I think what you did was this. 
And I may just need a second. Tell me more. Can you know, give me more information? And let's just say that they give an example of my behavior or share a story. A lot of the times there's some missing context there. And even in that context, I remind myself again I, that I don't need to defend. I might try to understand how their story matches up with my actions. And me being really mean is still a possibility. That could be the way they experienced me. That doesn't make me a mean person, but people could experience me that way. And I get to decide if I want to share details, um, add some more color to their picture or apologize, explain, or here's where I really level up my piece. I can sit with it. I can thank the person for sharing the info, especially if this is a relationship that I care about and let them know that I want to spend some time with what they've said. You know, I have had hard things shared with me and I have not defended, I have not explained, but I have acknowledged that, you know, I am glad that our relationship, you know, feels safe enough for them to share something like that with me. And that I just want to like, let me spend some time with that. Because I have found that time and distance from the sting of the issue, allow it to see, allow me to see it more clearly. So sometimes, you know, I, I feel like the piece that I have is you don't need to defend. You don't need to explain. You don't need to react. If you need more information, go ahead and ask and then thank the person for sharing and then give yourself a little bit of time. Let them know, you know what? I just want, I want to sit with that for a little bit. Can I get back to you later? Can we talk about it later? Um, I just want to spend some time with this. And that is how I practice peace. The next way I splurge is I have greatly improved my quality of sleep. You can do all of the Googles to find ways to improve your sleep quality. There's a really good book that I read called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker that has so much data on why it's important to get good rest. Um, there's a part in the book that I just think is so awesome. I'll share here. He says, amazing breakthrough that makes you live longer. It enhances your memory and makes you more creative. It makes you look more attractive. It helps you it helps you stay slim and lowers food cravings. It protects you from cancer and dementia. It wards off colds and the flu. It lowers your risk of heart attacks and stroke, not to mention diabetes. You'll even feel happier, less depressed, and less anxious. Are you interested? And then he goes on to talk about the benefits of sleep. Another quote from the book that I love, his, he says, the best bridge between despair and hope is a good night's sleep. And something that I want to leave you with before I share some of the ways that I have improved my quality of sleep is that he says, humans need more than seven hours of sleep each night to maintain cognitive performance. After 10 days of just seven hours of sleep, the brain is as dysfunctional as it would be after going without sleep for 24 hours. So he is saying that if you go 10 days having just seven hours of sleep, your brain begins to function like you have been up for a full 24 hours. Three 
full nights of recovery sleep are insufficient to restore performance back to normal levels after a week of short sleeping. So even if you, you know, go all of those days and then you're like, all right, I'm going to catch up three full nights is still not enough. Finally, the human mind cannot accurately sense how sleep deprived it is when it is sleep deprived. And so sleep is so important. And there are so many ways that becoming a parent forced me to look in the mirror about so many things because when I have my kids, it's like, oh my gosh, I want them to get good sleep. I want them to eat well. I want them to have the best start. And it's like, what about you? How are you more invested in their sleep than you are in your own, my league? Like that was a real heart to heart I had to have with myself. And in every way now I keep, when I think about all the ways that I've attempted to make their life great and in ways that I'm potentially neglecting myself, I'm like, okay, whatever I'm doing for my kids or whatever I'm hoping to make their lives better, I must also be doing for myself because I also need to be an example. And so some things I splurge on for better quality sleep are cutting my caffeine intake off 12 hours before my scheduled bedtime. That means I have to schedule a bedtime, which is another way to improve my quality sleep. So if I am planning to go to bed at nine or 10 o'clock at night, I am cutting off my coffee, my last cup of coffee by nine or 10 a.m. Um, something else I am doing to improve my quality of sleep is cutting out alcohol before bed. Um, I may have shared this somewhere, maybe I haven't, but like as my mom was dying, I essentially all but cut back on wine and all of that stuff because I just was like, it is so important to me to be in this and to feel this. And so um, I kind of, I stopped drinking, stopped drinking before bed, stopped drinking a lot of times. And so if you track your sleep on the aura ring, you can see the direct impact that alcohol has on our sleep. I make sure that I have my dinner early um, and I cut liquids, you know, drinking water and all of that at a certain time. So I'm not interrupting my sleep with trips to the bathroom. I am like the queen of using the restroom through the night. And so I had to work on that, cut the liquids. Um, I get my best sleep when my phone is not on my nightstand. I get my best sleep when my phone is not on my nightstand. Um, I have, I started doing this for the kids and I do it for myself. It's just this unwinding period before bed, really like lowering the lights to signal to them that we are getting ready to start winding down and getting ready for bed. I love a good classical playlist. Um, if anybody uses Spotify, there, there's my favorite is chilled classical. Um, but then there's another one called Classical Essentials that is just like all the most popular classical songs that are stunning and beautiful. And so even if I'm doing bad bath time, I will do um, sort of lavender in the, um, I don't know what to call it, it's the diffuser. So I have a couple of diffusers and I do some lavender essential oil. I turn the lights down. I put the classical on. And even just this week, my daughter, she came upstairs and she she saw everything, you know, for bath time. And she goes, oh, this is not relaxing. And I think she was trying to say it is relaxing, but just unwinding, you know, before bed, a few pages of a book um, and just relaxing and breathing. 
Something else that Matthew Walker recommends is a bath before bed, which I have always done, but didn't know that this was leading to better sleep. But he says a hot bath before bed can drop your body temperature once you're in bed, making you feel sleepier and more relaxed. And your body temperature matters with the quality of sleep that you get, the darkness of the room. I have been using a sleep mask, but just there's all these little ways that we can just get better quality of sleep. And I call it a splurge because these are things that you really have to think about, right? Like I, for so much of my life, just kind of like went to bed, you know, waited till I got tired and just went to bed. And so being more intentional feels like such a splurge to me. And the last thing that I have been really conscious of is getting out and getting more sun during the day so that my body knows the difference between daytime and nighttime. And so Matthew says that light plays a central central role in regulating circadian rhythm. So your body's internal clock that signals when it's time to be up and when it's time to get sleep, um, you need to help signal it by getting out in the sun. And so light also affects your melatonin production, which is your essential sleep promoting hormone. So just getting a little bit more granular about the kind of sleep that I'm getting. And I mostly even only got interested in sleep just for my kids because I just was like, oh, how do they process information? What's important? Why does sleep matter? How many hours do they need? And then I was just like, you can't care more about that than you do about yourself. And so splurging in that way. Um, Another way that I splurge is by keeping my standing appointment with my therapist. I've met I've been met with curiosity and some judgment around my commitment to weekly therapy with the same therapist for what will make 12 years this summer. This is the longest relationship outside of family and a few friends that I've ever had. My decision to do this is a personal commitment to my self-growth. Me pushing myself to not only be interested when I am in a crisis, This relationship introduced me to the idea that sometimes change is slow and long. Change doesn't have to, doesn't have to happen overnight. I've learned to be more honest over the years, which has really is like peace practice. Being more honest is really me practicing my peace. I can tell you that now more than ever, I am living and breathing my truth. Out of the 10,080 minutes that make up a week, I take 45 of them to turn inward, to slow down. I practice being with myself and my emotions. And if you do the math, that's not even a half of a percent of the time of the week. 45 minutes is 0.44% of a week of those 10,080 minutes. So not even a half a percent. It's not a lot of time to dedicate to your peace practice. I expand my capacity for feeling and I understand what it means to take full responsibility for the state of my life, my peace. This time has ultimately made me approach, has ultimately made my approach to life more mindful. And all of that spills out into the other 99.5% of the rest of my week. The time, that time that I spend impacts my decisions, my behavior, the decisions you make, the behaviors you choose, you begin to have more of a say in your life. 
it's the relationship. And so when my mom was dying, my therapist and I had logged 10 years, hundreds of hours of conversation. No one knew my relationship with my mother more intimately than her. Splurge. Peace. And so another way that I practice is, you know, another splurge is on acceptance and staying present. Um, something, there's a book I read, was it late last year? Book I read late last year um, by Anthony DeMello. And he says, the greatest learning of the ages lies in accepting life exactly as it comes to us. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The greatest learning of the ages lies in accepting life exactly as it comes to us. Acceptance can look like a passive state, but in reality, it brings something entirely new into this world. That peace, a subtle energy vibration is consciousness. That is Eckhart Tolle, who wrote one of my favorite books of all time, The Power of Now, which a friend recommended recommended it to me, sorry, years ago. And I opened it and I just couldn't, it wasn't sticking. And that might be the case with, you know, some books people are recommending online. There are some things that I read that I wasn't ready for. And so I can can tell you now, the very first time I started to read The Power of Now, I was not ready for it. But now, you know, that I feel like I'm I'm splurging on peace and I'm ready. I'm ready because I've lived longer. Uh, you know, I've had some life experiences that I think that I feel like have made me more available to this type of content. Um, and I, I can tell you that the idea that accept acceptance looks like a passive state was something that for a while I really struggled with because I always felt like people needed to know exactly how I felt about something in the moment. What she say, that's not true. That's an attack on my character. I'm not that type of person. And, you know, there's a part of me that saw people who, who were practicing acceptance, like that person looked weak. That person looked whack. Oh my God, you're just going to let people do that to you, treat you like that, you know? And so it's been some time and I realized what that feeling was, was my own anxiety around not being able to sit with those feelings, you know? Whatever was coming up for me, if somebody said something to me or something happened, you know, whatever feelings sort of rushed to my body, I have now learned to sit with them for just a second, accept life as it is coming to me. And so peace can look like you don't care or that you are aloof to some people, like you aren't aware of the issue at hand. Um but that's not always the case, you know? And so I think that was, you know, a big learning for me is that I can accept things as they are happening, not to me, but happening. And so 
I have down here acceptance. Acceptance means this is a this is a formal quote that I found. This is what it means: taking a stance of non-judgmental awareness and actively embracing the experience of thoughts, feelings, and bodily sensations as they occur. When my mother was dying, there was a good amount of panic and anxiety happening within, uh, you know, her friends and family, ours, and myself. Uh, An acceptance for me was not trying to escape this hard feeling. I was able to stay present very often. And that was another reason why I had made the decision of just like, I'm not going to drink as much or, you know, as the feelings come up, I'm not going to try to numb them. I'm just going to be with them. I'm going to stay present. You know, today she is here. Today she is under the care of physicians. She is getting chemo. She is being treated. She does not feel well. She is dying. And there's nothing more for me to do. When my mind would drift to the past, her lifestyle, or this or that, I'm bringing myself back to the present. Thinking about her death or what my life would look like this time next year. Too much future. Stay present. On my mother's last birthday, I was deep in my peace practice. I flew out to be with her that morning. I got her what I knew would be the last bouquet of flowers. And that was just such a a moment and experience. And I remember the day, I remember the person that I bought the flowers from. She was a flower shop owner. Her parents had owned it and then she had taken it over. She was a mother. We talked and I told her, I shared my experience with her. Like I am buying my last bouquet of flowers for my mother living. Please make this special. I got to my mom's house. We sat and we talked. I can't remember if we had coffee or not because that's always our thing. Um, And we just talked like we always do. And I just kept saying, like, stay present. And then I played her video um, with people sharing how much they loved her. I sat next to her. I had my cell phone. I was like, mom, I want to show you something. And she's like, what is it, girl? And I just started playing the video, you know, present. We went to lunch at the point, like we always did. That was our thing, me and my mom. In LA, we'd have lunch at the point, present. The future is coming and you will experience the feelings of all that will happen. But there is no need to feel them any earlier than you need to. That's what I kept telling myself. I don't need to try to anticipate any feelings. And this is how I was just sitting so deep in my my peace practice, you guys. And so I just want to say, as I wrap this up, I want you to remember something. Acceptance is not resignation. It is not giving up. Acceptance is acknowledging and allowing the present experience you are having and not assigning it to the rest of your life. If you have enjoyed this episode and you want to stay connected, rate it, subscribe it, drop a comment. The comments are hilarious and amazing. And I thank you because thank you. And if you are new here or you're not new here and you haven't caught up on your episodes, 171, the I Am Here For You live podcast with Nedra Tawab, Debbie Brown, 
Uh, my girl, Angel, that I used to work with, Mia Ray, excellent. It is a long one and it just, you know, it is so good to hear all these perspectives. 169, why haven't you done it? I think you should keep that, download that and play it every time you are standing on a hill and you don't feel like you can move and you are like, why haven't I done it? It's a question and it's an answer and it's motivating. 173, imposter syndrome. That one is climbing the charts. You are loving it. And I'm just glad that after all of these years of talking about imposter syndrome, we spoke to some experts who are helping us all heal. Sign up for my newsletter at myleek.com. Until next time, you guys.